Today is Friday, August 12th. The title for our devotional is All Together. Yesterday, we covered the section where Paul addresses those who perceive that they have the lesser gifts. As a quick side note, these categories of lesser and greater gifts aren't entirely unfounded either. Remember, Paul is correcting an overemphasis in the Corinthian church on the gift of tongues. In verses 27 to 31, he seems to be ordering the gifts in order of importance or function, and he places the gift of tongues last. This is not an exhaustive list, but it, it, his point is obvious. He even says in 14.5, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. This is not an ontological greater than. This is a functional value in the specific context of the Sunday gathering. It's better to speak intelligible words to the church than unintelligible words to the church. It's basically what he's saying. Returning to the list in 27 to 31, his main point is the diversity of the gifts and how we all need one another. His rhetorical questions, are all apostles, are all prophets, etc., are all answered with a no. So there is a sense in which certain gifts are more functional in certain settings. Prophecy is more functional in the public gathering than tongues, just as tongues is more functional in one's private prayer life than teaching. On to verses 21 and 26 then where Paul addresses those who have a greater gift. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Here, Paul reminds those who have the greater gifts of a few key points. One, the weaker parts are indispensable. We covered this yesterday, so I won't go into it too much. But Paul also adds another element to the analogy of the body. The private parts of the body are treated with special honor. This, of course, is a warning to those who think that they have the greater gifts. You cannot be the body of Christ alone. Paul is also likely drawing on Jesus' teachings in which he most notably rebukes James and John's request to sit at the places of honor in his kingdom. He tells them that whoever wants to be great among them must be the servant of all. And if anyone wants to be first, they should be a slave of one another. Because Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the place of honor in Christ's kingdom and in the church is to serve, to be the servant of all. Secondly, like in the paragraph to those who have the lesser gifts, Paul reminds the Corinthians that God has placed the body together according to his will. Again, there's no room for boasting in one's gift then, if it is a gift from God. This is so that there will be no division in the body, as he says in verse 25. Thirdly, he reiterates his larger point as well. As a member of the church, we are the body of Christ. Continuing with the body analogy, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. We all know this to be true. When you're in pain, it's difficult to focus on anything else. That one part of the body is all you can think about. We also know that when something hurts, like your knee, you'll often walk differently 
and actually do harm to another part of your body. The point is the whole body is one connected unit with lots of different parts. So when one part hurts, we all hurt. When one part is honored and glorified, we are all honored and glorified. And so we ought not think of ourselves as individual units, but more so think of ourselves as a part of the unified body of Christ. This is a big perspective switch for us in our individualistic Western world, but it is a direction that I think we must go. For reflection time today, in our Western individualistic culture, this is a difficult concept for us to remember and get our heads around. We are not to think of ourselves in purely individualistic terms, but as a part of the body. Spend some time today thinking on your concept of yourself within the church. Do you perceive of yourself as an integral member of the community, like an ear would be to a body? Or do you think of yourself as an unnecessary bystander that the church would not even notice if you were gone tomorrow? The former is the biblical picture, and we all need to develop that perspective of our role within the church. We ought to feel as if we belong one to another.